Today's episode is brought to you by Stage Door Manor. For information on their summer theater programs, check them out at stagedoormanor.com. Theater People is the official podcast of BroadwayCon 2018. Stick around at the end of today's episode for new information and for a really cool memory submitted to us by a BroadwayCon 2016 attendee. Welcome to the Theater People podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Hines. You guys, I am thrilled to welcome today's guest, Julia Murney. Julia grew up in New York City. As a New York City dad myself, I am obsessed with that. She went to the Performing Arts High School here, LaGuardia High School, and interestingly, spent two of her high school summers at this season's sponsor, Stage Door Manor. Early in her career, she made a name for herself by performing in benefits and concerts all over town, before landing roles in some of Off-Broadway's hottest theaters. Her biggest break early on came in 2000 in the leading role of Queenie in the Off-Broadway production of The Wild Party. She made her Broadway debut in 2005 in Lennon, but is probably best known for taking over the role of Elphaba in the Broadway production of Wicked in 2007. I'm obsessed with her. At points, I couldn't tell if we were doing an interview or just hanging out. Here's our conversation. And if looks could kill, she would kill twice a day in vaudeville. So nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, when we were at BroadwayCon, my friend Daisy Egan and I and you were all in the green room together. And you were talking to fancy people because you're a fancy person. And I grabbed Daisy by the arm and I said, you will introduce me to her now, please. Oh, no, really? <laughs> yes. And she was like, that witch? Absolutely not. <laughs> yes, we're getting to Wicked, you guys. Calm down. Oh my God, we're I didn't there. even mean that. I know. I was going to say a curse word, but I didn't know if we were allowed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, please. say that bitch. I yeah. would have said that bitch, but then I just suddenly like... That is something Daisy Egan would say. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even mean the, the Wicked reference. Whoops. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Wicked. <laughs> I like how the show ends with the title, just in case you weren't sure. Just, just in case you thought you just saw Dames at Sea. No, no. So many similarities. <laughs> so, and they repeat it. The first thing we have to talk about okay. is like our big sponsor this season, which we're so grateful for, is Stage Door Manor. Woo-hoo. So I got to go to a, a theater school, like a theater, like a summer theater program when I was Where did younger. you grow up? I, I grew up in Massachusetts. Where? Uh, Cape Cod, Massachusetts, South Yarmouth. Do you I'm know? I'm going to do a show. Where? Where in Cape Cod? South Yarmouth. It's I, sure. I call it the working class town. My first love was from Hyannis. Shut yes, up. So he, my college boyfriend. So he and I, uh, I spent a lot of time up there. And I'm about to. I'm going to, to the, the Cape Playhouse. Playhouse. The Cape Playhouse, which. I don't know how this is possible. It's in Dennis, Massachusetts. I went to Dennis Yarmouth High School. (gasps) I barely knew about the Cape Playhouse. I don't know what was, I don't know how I I've never been there. I just know that it's like super old school. It's like summer. It's super prestigious. It's, but it's It's been there forever. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. All the, all the kids. Jen Cody owns it. Jen Cody is in my production. (laughs) (laughs) Jen Cody goes every summer. And she's like our big star on the case. She is one of my strippers. Oh, what show are you doing? Mama Rose. I'm doing Gypsy. You're doing Mama Rose. And to bring it all around, I did Gypsy at Stage Door Manor. No way! I was not Mama Rose. I was Mazeppa. Yeah. Inappropriate. Wait, I I can I have a picture. Are you yes? Yeah, but I um uh, yes I was. Is that if you're gonna bump it, bump it with a trumpet? That's Mazeppa. Oh my god, that is the one. It's not appropriate. I was mm, (laughs) fourteen. You guys. <laughs> Definitely not appropriate. Talk to me about Stage Door Manor. Uh, well, well, how many summers did you go? I went two summers, and which is weird to say because it's such an influential thing on my life. Yeah, I'm showing him a picture right now. Oh my god, you look amazing! It's like that picture was taken yesterday. Uh, god bless you <laughs> and your day drinking. Um, Straight vodka, you guys. Yes, there it is. Um, I went there for two. It's it, it's such an influential sort of 
piece of my childhood. I can't believe I only went for two years yeah. because many people I went with were like lifers. Yep. Um, and my, uh, I was in high school. It was my, let's see. Yes, my freshman and so- sophomore summers <clears throat> of high school. And my parents were basically like, I grew up in New York City. I was gonna, oh, you, you grew up here? Mm-hmm. Oh, my weird God. people. Where? What neighborhood? Upper West Side. Whoa. I'm yeah. like, we're raising a kid in Harlem. It's like my favorite thing. Yeah. I mean, it's awful and amazing all at the same time. I know. Time. I mean, I know it's where, whenever my friends have kids. I'm like, well, we have to move. I'm like, but you don't have to. You don't. Now, I know it's also real world different. and It's just And hard. it's also different now than it was when I was a kid. Yeah. In, you know, the turn of the century, the last one, um, gaslights and horse-drawn carriages. But, um, it takes a long time to get from like Inwood to yeah, the battery in a horse-drawn and, carriage. And we definitely, everything was, I went to actually, my high school was in Harlem. But, Where? Uh, uh, 135th and Convent. It's LaGuardia. Yeah. Now it's LaGuardia. Oh. And it moved my junior year. I didn't know that. Yes. So it moved right after I went to Station Manor. Wow. Uh, where my parents said, uh, you can't hang around the city. Uh, this summer you have to go to camp and yeah. I was completely petulant and I was like I don't want to go to camp <laughs> and at that point I was I guess I was in high school yeah so I was a voice major at what is now called LaGuardia then it was called music and art and um uh so I but I wasn't like I want to be an actress my dad's an actor it was right it was I wanted to talk lives. to you about that yeah it was in our lives but I w- still wasn't like oh my my dream um at all I was just like I don't know this is fun yeah and um so they got brochures from all of the sort of arts-minded camps kind of in the Northeast and put mm-hmm. them and put them in front of me. And every day they would come and be like, yeah, and I'm not going, but I'm not going. Just, <laughs> and I remember Stage Door because I remember they were it's an old hotel mm-hmm. and they were semi-private rooms as opposed to like a big cabin in bunk beds. And um, uh, and there was at the time, it's not there anymore, an indoor pool. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, but I'm not going. <laughs> They put all the names in a hat and picked one. No way. And there is a bus that takes you up to camp if you choose to take it. And uh, my mom put me on that bus on 42nd Street, right near – across the street from uh, Port Authority. And uh, and I don't remember the item, but she said to me, uh, there's uh, – I don't know, an extra towel or something in your trunk – in case you end up wanting to stay for, for another session. And I looked at her with such drama. <laughs> and I went, I don't even want to go for one session. <laughs> and of course, it's the bus where all the kids already know each other. They're hugging. Yeah. And I'm like, I, don't, I was shot. I didn't know anybody. Anyway, and then like a week and a half in, because of course, there were no cell phones then. You had to go into the phone room <laughs> and call collect or with a calling card. And I very sheepishly called them and begged to go for another session and we and they scraped together money so i could do it Mm -hmm. but there was yet one more session we couldn't afford it and i was devastated Mm -hmm. the camp was happening and i wasn't there (laughs) just like morose and my heart physically hurt and it and whether or not that's actually dramatic i remember that i remember saying my heart physically hurts and and the kicker is, I mean, to this day, like on Sunday, I'm going to a out to the Hamptons for a birthday party for someone I went to camp with and wow. other people from camp. And it, 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 it's one of those bonds. Who that, was there when you were there? Who was there when I was there that you would know? It's just like legendary. I of know. Like all of you guys went uh, well, there. Well, like Johnny Cryer was right before me and um, uh, Gordon Greenberg, who is a Broadway director. And Jonathan Sherman, who oh, wow. is uh, a, an amazing writer. Josh Charles, 
uh, from The Good Wife, who was my baby John when I was Anita. Of course. Wow. Of course I was Anita. <laughs> also appropriate. <laughs> hey, Irish girl. Why don't you? Yeah. How um, did going to stage or like, I just remember like my experience. I mean, it literally was the most life-changing thing next to like my husband and my child that I can say well, ever happened to me. Can, yeah. it's, it's allowed. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think the thing for me, because I wasn't super into shows yet or, or anything. I mean, I had certainly, I grew up here. So my mom and I would go down to TKTS and be like, what's the Sunday in the park with George? We'll go see that. Oh my God. Truly. Me? That's how we saw Sunday. Oh. And I'll tell you what, act two, we were both like, Meh. it kind of <laughs> lost us. And then I got the, wait for it, cassette tape. And I learned it. And then I was like, hold up. Yeah. And I called my mom. I was like, ma, we had that one all wrong. <laughs> Cause it's the best thing ever. But I wasn't like, a show freak mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. um but i was the first show i did it was ever because i had never done shows e- either up until that point i'd been in choir yeah i'd never done um and it was applause <gasps> i was third gypsy from the left <laughs> it was directed by mark Sachs, who is now the head of ca- one of the heads of casting on at cbs he wow like the good wife and <gasps> madam secretary and elementary it's all mark wow that's who i'm driving out to this birthday party with on sunday wow <laughs> who's birthday party for gordon greenberg oh nice uh and um fancy people yeah i like how you like whisper like, like just, uh, just between me and you michelle obama <laughs> uh and can you imagine oh uh what would i bring uh and um and i just remember thinking well this is the greatest thing ever mm-hmm. this is so much fun and because i was there for two sessions so they have I don't, i'm not sure i think they have like five theater spaces and every space is double showed so there's two shows in each space. Every single camper is in a show. They do majority musicals, but they also do some plays. And um, No auditions again, and you guys, they find a spot for everybody. Oh, you audition. You do? Oh, let's be clear. Not to get into the camp. Right, but to get into the show. But once you get there, you yeah. have to audition. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was also like lullaby of Broadway. That's what I sang. <laughs> I just had to think about it. Yes. That's what I sang. Um, and uh, my second uh, session there... I got cast in Chicago, also appropriate. Um, and I was cast as the judge. And I was yes. so excited because I had like four lines or something. I got like, guilty, not guilty, and something. And then a couple days in, the girl who was playing Hanyak left camp for I don't remember what reason. And She's the one that hangs herself, right? She doesn't hang herself. She gets hung. She gets hung. Okay. Let's be clear. The okay. government does it. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Ugh. God. Something a death wish. Um, anyway, and they bumped me up. Wow. And I couldn't believe it. And now I had all of these lines that were all in Hungarian, of right. course. And I still know the monologue. Can you do it? Yeah, but did you do it? Uh-uh, not guilty. Wait, is that real? Is that like written out? Mm-hmm. That's not just gibberish? Oh, no. No, it's written out. It's written out. Get a And I think ab. because I was um, 14 or whatever I was, my brain wasn't filled with stuff. So once I learned that monologue, it's seared in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get it. I did um, Evita my summer. I played Juan Perón, the gayest Juan Perón you've ever seen. Juan Perón. Juan, hey, girl. <laughs> hey, Juan. What you doing? I can still sing every yeah. lyric of yeah. that song. Well, it's of like that show. I can still sing all the alto parts to all the Christmas songs from choir. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> 
in like Adas Fidelis Latum Triumphant. Do you know the song An Alto's Lament? Yes. Okay, that is. I don't. I, my husband played that for me one time, and I. I it's, it's still. True, makes it's totally me laugh. a true story. Bessie and Zena are brilliant. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, but, so anyway, and so that was camp. And then my second summer, I did. I was Mazeppa yes. in Gypsy, and then the aforementioned Anita in West Side Story. <laughs> Stage Manor, we love you so much. And Thank you can you for hear me screaming. There is video somewhere. I don't have it. Of um. They might have mics today. I don't know. But girl, we certainly did not have them in my day. I don't think they've been invented yet. And um, you can hear me in the quintet screaming, going, I need us gonna have my day. Because I was going to be heard over all those little gay jets and little gay sharks. Because, uh, you know, everyone was letting you have it. I am not going to make it through this interview. This is the funniest conversation <laughs> I've ever had. So did you go to college? Yes. Where did you go? Syracuse University. Oh. Go Orange. I have tons of legacy there. Yeah, I have a, oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Like my mom's whole side of the family Oh, fantastic. There. Yeah. yeah. So I got, you know, the incredibly useful BFA in musical theater. <laughs> and um, yeah. And then did you move home? Yeah. And so you came right back to New York. I did. How long did you live with your parents? Almost 10 years. That's amazing. Because. Daisy, get a job, girl. That's I mean, my daughter. <laughs> get on it, Daisy. Uh, yeah. I mean, they had a big apartment. I mean, it was it was possible. Do That's, they still have it? No, no. Did they, they own it? They did, but they they sold about like three years ago. But I, dollars. after ten years, I bought an apartment in the building next door to them. You still have it? Yeah. That's where I live. Oh my god. So when they left, I had at a very advanced age, suddenly this thing that everybody else goes through when they're much younger of like, where are my parents? Wait a yeah. minute. <laughs> my dad used to my my windows face the street and he used to stand across the street and whistle our family whistle and be like, I'm going to sushi. You want to come to sushi? Oh my God. And my Did dog they leave would the know. City? My, yeah. My, just, just an hour and a half. Okay. But like my dog would know when he was standing there, she would start, I would see her up on top of the couch, like whining. I'm like, Pepper, what is it? Oh, dad's there. <laughs> That is amazing. Yeah. Okay. So one of so you have this like you did all of this amazing work off Broadway in the beginning. It seems right. And and well, I don't know about amazing, but and still, yeah, and still, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, my husband and I were talking about this this morning that you did one of the ways you made a name for yourself early on was like doing all the benefits. Yes. Is that was that a strategy benefit bitch? Or or were you just like I just want to do this? No, you know what it is. You get asked, Mm -hmm. and when you get asked, it's so flattering. Regardless, you're just like, oh, okay. The the trick off, and I was also in a um, in the beginning, I was in a um, uh, advantageous position because I, for some reason I got on those lists, mm-hmm. whatever, however you want to say it. But I wasn't necessarily in shows. Like when I was doing Wicked in New York, I, there were numerous things that I said yes to, and then I had to say no to. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I, in your brain, you're like, yes, of course I want it. And then it comes to your day off, and you're like, you don't understand. Of course. I have a vocal lanyard, yeah. <laughs> and I cannot possibly. I had to train for this role by running on a treadmill and carrying yeah. like, gallons and it, of water. And, it's, and, and I can barely do my job, and yeah. I have to do my job before I do this extra whatever it is. Um, but so it was nice because I was sort of – I was in all like short run things, so I actually was available and I wasn't totally taxed out. Yeah. Um, I was watching you and Kalella sing, I will never leave you for Jesus this morning. Mm, that was so fun. And that was totally because of Kalella. Yeah. It was all a Kalella thing because she had done a concert of Sideshow in DC. That was in DC, that, that concert. <laughs> This thing called 
woman. It was this Women in the Arts Gala, and it was exceedingly fancy. Wow. And then me and Kalila. <laughs> and we were like, what on God's green earth are we doing here? I mean, literally, we had to follow Patti LaBelle and a choir doing Over the Rainbow. <laughs> And I said to her, I've actually seen her sing this live before. And when I saw her do it live, when she hit her key change, she pulled the mic out of the stand and she threw the mic stand. <laughs> Patty LaBelle? Yes. And I'm like, if she does that here at the Kennedy Center, I may have to throw you because I don't know how we're going to top that. And sure enough, she did it. I was like, oh, hell. And but it was all these super, super fancy, like, and, and fancy women were introducing every artist. Katie Lang sang. Oh, my God. Yeah, introduced by Vera Wang. Oh, my God. Yeah, Annie Leibowitz. I mean, I have a picture. Jen and I finally like, got the guts up to go to Annie Leibowitz. And we're like, hi, could, could we have a, a photograph? And she's like, yeah, sure. And this was like pre-phones being able to mm-hmm. do that. But I had my little point-and-shoot camera. She's like, she was so nice. She's like, yeah, sure. And she grabbed my camera and she took a selfie <gasps> on my camera. Annie flipping Leibowitz. I was inside out. Oh my God. I couldn't. And anyway, and we got to do, and we got dressed by um, Tracy Reese, who's this designer who had, who had uh, dressed the first lady a lot. This was back in, oh, in the glory years. Right. And um, <laughs> unfollow me. I don't care. Uh, and, um, uh, and it was such a magical weekend and it was all because of Jen because she had done this concert and Lisa Brescia who had played the twin with her mm-hmm. wasn't available and she was like what about my friend Julie Murney and they were like who sure and um but it was all Jen wow yeah one of the things we have to like get to immediately mm. is uh talking about oh my god I'm gonna forget of course the wild party why why did that name escape my brain okay. in this moment <laughs> Was that your first major? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, oh, my God. That was the uh, – a lot of people were like, where have you been? I was uh-huh. like, I've been right here. Yeah, yeah. I literally grew up here, guys. I, I was totally been here, but nobody picked me until now. <laughs> How did you get that job? I got that job. You ready? Mm-hmm. Bringing it back to Stage Door Manor. No way. Yep. man that I went to Stage Door with had uh, adapted and sort of created this show called Snapshots, and it was all – Old Stephen Schwartz music put into a book. It was really like Mamma Mia before Mamma Mia. Yeah. It was pre-Mamma Mia. Oh, wow. So it was all music, like Morning Glow and stuff from Baker's Wife and stuff from uh, Godspell, but a a story with a book, not a review. So he was directing and he he had adapted this thing and I got an audition for it simply because he was directing. And I went in, and Stephen Schwartz was there. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my. And I sang whatever I sang, and I finished. And Stephen Schwartz said, do you know Meadowlark? And oh, I was my like, God. Uh, well, I know it, but I don't have it, because no fool should sing it ever. I never <laughs> didn't say that part. But I was like, I don't have it. And he turned to the music director, and he goes, Andrew. And Andrew Lippa, who had just played like second keyboards for Patti LuPone's concerts on Broadway, got up with no sheet music, oh. sat at the piano, played the bejesus out of Meadowlark. And he likes to say we had sex that day because we finished. <laughs> and he went, who are you? And I went, who are you? <laughs> and I got that job, but it didn't start for a little while. And so in between that and the actual start, he contacted me and he said, do you remember me? I'm the music director. I was like, yeah, yeah. He said, could you come and be in a reading of this show I've just started writing? And I was like, yeah. And I played May, who at the time was just a character in the poem. She wasn't what she ended up becoming. Jen Cody, bringing it all around, <laughs> bringing it yes. all. Around. I can, I can read for days. Um, and um, and I remember going home because I lived at my parents, and after the first day, and going, 
this music is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know much. I was, ve- I was, but I, I had been in some readings. Some of us were like, Mur-mur. and I, I knew the difference, at least mm-hmm. to me, for me. And, um, and we did that reading and then we did snapshots in Connecticut and then again in Virginia. And at some point in there, Andrew said to me, I want you to try Queenie sometime. And I was like, what? No, I can't. I, Cause I don't Who have that. Reading it I do then? not have the confidence of a straight white man in musical theater. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I'm not like, I'll do it. <laughs> Every time I see someone else do something well, I'm just like, look at them. I'll be over here eating. And, um, and I appreciate them so much, but I very rarely go, I want to try it that. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and so I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then cut to several months later, I got a phone call from Paulette Hout, who this year is retiring after like 40 years. She founded the musical theater program at the O'Neill, their summer uh-huh. musical theater mm-hmm. conference. And she called me and she said, I am Paulette Hout. I don't know who you are. But Andrew Lippa basically just threw down and said, my only, I have to have Julia Murney play this part. And usually, the O'Neill doesn't do auditions. They just like, ask mm-hmm. people they know so it was a big deal that they were like who what wow. okay and then we worked on it for like four years and now a few words from our sponsors it's finally officially summer and the best part of summer is camp but for real theater geeks there's only one camp to go to where surprise visits from broadway stars hamilton sing-alongs and dance-offs are as normal as bunk beds and sunscreen and that's stage door manor You guys have heard me talking about Stage Door for the past few months, but it's time for Curtains Up on another summer of unbelievable performances. The inspiration for Todd Graff's movie Camp and Mickey Rapkin's book Theater Geek, Stage Door is the performing arts training center for kids ages 10 to 18 in upstate New York that puts on an unbelievable 14 shows during each of its three-week sessions. I can't wait to tell you some of the shows they're putting on for this summer. Past stage door premieres include original stage versions of Rent, Avenue Q, Andrew Lippa's The Wild Party, and Woman in White. In addition to those shows, there are more than 100 classes at beginning and advanced levels. Everything from playwriting to stage combat. There are no auditions for admissions. They accept all levels of experience and talent and find roles for students in shows where everyone can have his or her moment in the spotlight. To find out more about Stage Door, go to stagedoormanor.com. I mean, what an amazing, what an amazing like group of people. Oh, yeah. What a bizarre thing that another incarnation of the show. It's because the poem had a re-release with this beautiful, it's, it's, I assume the copy of the poem you would get today if you mm-hmm. if you got it. Um, it had a the poems from 1929, but it had a re-release with all these amazing illustrations by Art Spiegelman, and um, so it was like at the front of the Barnes and Noble, you know uh-huh, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And I think that Michael John and Andrew just somewhat simultaneously saw it and both went interesting. And if you know the two shows. With the exception of things like lyrically, they begin exactly the same way because that's how the poem begins. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, they veer wildly. It's a short poem. So yeah. what you – in terms of the the larger story to be told, it's kind of dealer's choice. And they definitely went different ways. Like the Dolores character is a smaller character in the Lippa production and was Eartha Kitt yeah. in yeah. the Lacusa production. So um, – I mean, the general story is the same, but the specifics are wildly different. And I learned so many things doing that show because it was my first big thing. But one of the big things I learned was, oh, not everything that you think is worthy 
does the thing you think it's going to do. Yeah. And I've been able to carry that with me ever since because I've been in plenty of things where like, it's going to Broadway. I'm like, "Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) mm-hmm. Sure. Can we talk about Broadway for a second? I don't know. Sure. Can we talk about Lennon? Of course. Okay, so you make your Broadway debut in a show called Lennon. It's true. What was it? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know much about it, and I was like looking at the cast. A man named John Lennon, and that's who again? Who was in a quartet? (laughs) But like this cast is crazy. So it's you, Will Chase, Chuck Cooper, Mandy Gonzalez, Chad Kimball, Terrence Mann, Michael Potts, Marcy Harriel. Yeah, and I didn't name Julie Janelle. No, I've never. (laughs) How did a show like that not work? Uh, you know, I, I think if you ask different people, you're going to get different answers. Uh, I loved the show. Uh-huh. I drank the Kool-Aid because I was in. Our director and adapter, Don Scardino, is one of the kindest men you will ever, ever want to know. And I had known him since I was 11 because he used to be an actor. First of all, he was the longest-running Jesus in the original Godspell. Wow. He's dreamy. He's so oh, gorgeous. He? And Oh, my God. And he did these two plays with my dad. And so he was like my first childhood crush. Because I was fully like, who is it? Will he love me? Like, no, because he's a grown man, Julia, and you're 11. Um, Was he straight? uh, Yeah. Wow. uh, Maybe that's why I was like, ha, I know how to find the straight ones. Thank you. Um, And uh, so it was his show. And so there was already like this comfort level Mm -hmm. of, and, and he's so giving and so wonderful that we were all very much like, whatever you want, we will try it. Uh, more or less and and it was it had his concept was really cool and I think it was just super complicated and it was hard to figure out how to um uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for like follow through with Mm -hmm. all of it and I think in retrospect it maybe it should have started somewhere off Broadway and felt like it was sort of bursting at the seams instead of opening on Broadway because the producers started getting nervous. It's a nine-person show. And it's not the kind of a show where you pay your $140, you go to Wicked, you see monkeys flying, you see a giant dragon clock, you're like, my money at work. You you go to see Lennon and it's fantastic music by great singers and this kick-ass band but there's no helicopter there's no you know that's not what it is and I think they started panicking and tried to add things and it was just it it just got junky it was also uh definitely a um partial victim of the uh what's that the jukebox backlash Uh uh-huh uh-huh um and this wasn't like Mamma Mia this told the story of John's life However, it ended up having to be filtered through Yoko, uh-huh. which made it very... Was she involved? She was only involved in that she had final say on yeah. everything. <clears throat> and her, and her, um, her, what's the word I'm looking for? View of everything is different. I mean, she wouldn't let us sing any Beatles music because of course. she thinks of the Beatles as like a piffle John did when he was a teenager. And we're like, but... Um, <laughs> wait a minute. It's tricky to tell the story of John Lennon without so – we sang um, uh, Twist and Shout and Money. Mm-hmm. The Beatles didn't write those songs. Mm-hmm. And we sang little snippets. And the whole conceit was that of the whole nine people, everyone played John. Men, women, black, white, didn't matter. Did you guys do an out of town? San Francisco. Okay. Which then uh, – we were supposed to do San Francisco and Boston. And then after San Francisco, they were like, we need to work on it. We scuttled Boston. And went back into rehearsal. And it was funny because a few few years later, I was with Wicked in Boston and walking through one of the staircases. And there was a giant poster 
of our original logo, which had also been changed, of Lennon. Oh, my and God. I like, oh my, and I took a picture of me all green in my shiz outfit and sent it to my <laughs> Lennon cast. I was like, mm-hmm, look at it. Um, but we're actually doing a, a Lennon reunion. You are? Yes. The, the night, whole cast? Uh-huh. I believe so, yeah. When? October 9th, which is the day he was born. Where? 54 Below. Oh, my God. Jennifer Ashley Tepper. Of who course. She was the one who saw Lennon. She saw it like nine times. You know, she goes to everything's first preview. But she was, for whatever reason, was obsessed with Lennon. And this has been a dream of hers for a long time. That is amazing. Yeah. I love her. Yeah, she's awesome. Well, let's talk about Wicked. Mm-hmm. How did it happen? <laughs> one day, a man named Gregory Maguire wrote a book. <laughs> I um, loved that book, by the way. Oh, isn't it great? Yeah, it's and like super political. It's and it's dark. Yeah, and it's super sexy. Yeah, totally. And they definitely toned all that down. For, yeah. Oh, yeah. For the show, which you know, I get it. I mean, and the big difference, spoiler alert, everyone, <laughs> is that, as you know, first of all, everyone listening should go read the novel. Oh, it's so good. Because it's such a great novel. But in the novel, she is indeed allergic to water, water yeah. and Dorothy throws the water on her and she dies. Right. That's what happens. Oh, right. right. I went to opening night and sat there. And when, when my friend popped up out of that thing at the end of the show, it was everything I could do not to go, no! <laughs> and, a, and, the, and the story goes... Gregory McGuire, who wrote it, um, he didn't know they had changed it until he sat in a reading one day of it. And that that's how he – I mean, because they didn't have to tell him or Oh, anything. God, but, that's so And I understand crazy. why yeah. they did it, you know, just in terms of yeah. the scope of the uh-huh. show. And, like, uh, that's, that's an ending that makes it not quite the family show. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. want them to, you know, all that yeah. beauty and love and <laughs> scarecrows. Um, <laughs> but um, so that just – I knew Stephen Schwartz. Yep. And I know. Um, I love that we have the backstory on that now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I met he and Lippa on the same day. Wow. And um, all because of stage door. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, and I was one of the I don't five women who were in the running in the for the initial. Wow. I was right after Adina, and I I mean, pardon me, I was right before Adina, and then I waited for her because we were going to go have a drink, and um, and I basically heard her book the show. Oh, through yeah. the door, yeah. Um, and because she and she tells this story, I'm not telling you how to turn. She, um, I heard her through the door go, "Is ever gonna bring me fuck <laughs> me?" And, and, and on the one hand, you're like, "Yes, yes, fuck, exactly." But um, and was uh, it because she had messed up and she wanted to take that part yep, again? Yep. Oh, that's amazing. Yep. I've never heard that story. Yeah. yeah. And she's so just like in herself that uh-huh. and she's so genuinely herself that, that she wasn't happy with it. And she's like, I'm doing it again. <laughs> um, and then. Um, Which Lennon number of were you? On Broadway? Yeah. Five? Okay. Question mark? I'm not sure. Okay. okay. I think I was five. Uh-huh. Um, and at that point, I mean, now. I don't know, go in the hallway. Somebody's played Alphaba. Uh, but <laughs> anyone could come up to me and be like, I was Alphaba. But like, amazing. Yeah. How are you? Back then, I knew all the women. I had yeah. seen all of them do it um, because they were all friends of mine. And uh, and so I always like to say, I feel like that role, A, is sort of borrowed in its way. But also, I feel like all of those ladies helped me do that role. Mm-hmm. There were little portions of, of things that I would think of each one of them in those moments. Yep. So it feels much more... I, I I I get very prickly and blanch at like not pretty often at stage doors you would get 
either, you're my favorite. And once I got, after Eden, you're my favorite. No! And I wanted to be like, mm-hmm, after that guy, you're my favorite. Uh, <laughs> but, but I also want, but whenever someone say you're, I would be like, you know what? There's room for everybody. Yeah. And I, I cannot stand the, the immediate pitting of competition. And I, they mean it when it's said to you. Obviously, it's meant as a compliment. Yeah. It's not meant as barring trouble. But, but it's so hard to do that I would much rather do it knowing that I have those women behind me pushing me forward yeah. than feeling like I'm pushing them out of the way. Mm-hmm. And what you did it on the tour first mm-hmm. and then they called you to Broadway. Correct. They called me to Broadway. <laughs> I recently was in Los Angeles and I, I was eating dinner and the waiter, he's like, have I waited on you before? I was like, no, no, I've never been here before. And he goes, Oh, um, are you here from Broadway? <laughs> Just the way he phrased it, I almost didn't know. He was so sweet. And then he gave us dessert. How did doing Wicked change your life? Oh, my gosh. I don't even know how you quantify it. Um, in in so many ways. I mean, it changed, like, business-wise. It changed um, exposure and all that kind of stuff. Um, I made – well, this is true with almost any show. I, make, I made friends for life. Yeah. Um, and I'm part – Who was your Glinda? Kendra Casabon. I love her. She's the best. Oh, she's so great. And Sebastian Arcellus was my Fiero. No way. And we were the same trio on on tour as on Broadway. Oh, yeah. So wow. we were together. I mean, I I also went on with Annalie Ashford. Oh, I love her with too. With Ali Mozzie, with Megan Sakura, with oh god, I feel terrible. I'm going to forget Lindsay K. Northern. Um, Heather. Oh, God. People who I'm forgetting. I'm sorry. I love you. I love all of you so much. How long did you do it? Year and a half. Wow. Um, there are some girls who, Di Rossioli and Jenny Genoia have done, uh, Villamine, Verkeik, who's done it in three languages. Wow. I'm like, okay, you win. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have done it, even if I had wanted to stay. I, I mean, even if they had asked me to stay, I couldn't have. I yeah. was wrecked yeah, by yeah. the end. And that was tricky. That was an interesting thing to um, – it was the longest run I had ever done. And it was an interesting thing to figure out how to navigate. And I loved her. That was the thing that was so frustrating was that when I felt well, yeah. it was the greatest – it's total rock star time. Yeah. And uh, just that – No Good Deed was my favorite one. Yeah. Uh, and But just to – Feel that orchestra, yeah, and and also to be in a hit after having just been in Lennon, uh-huh. which bless its heart and thank you, Jen Tepper, but not everyone felt that way, yeah, <laughs> and um, and so you you come out and you see like that the balcony's empty, yeah, and that there's a smattering in the orchestra. You still have to do it for those people. Those people have still paid, yeah, yeah, and and to this day, even the sh- like whatever shows that I've considered the <laughs> that I've been in. Every single one of them, there's someone who comes up to me and they're like, I loved yeah. fill in the blank. I'm like, yeah. you did? <laughs> but they did. Who am I to say they shouldn't have mm-hmm. or whatever? But to be in something like Wicked where they're, they essentially, especially on the tour, it was the first time, it, the tour was still on its first swing through the States. So we were the first time in every city. So, and those theaters are much larger yeah. than the, and they were packed. I remember Atlanta, which is one of the larger, the Foxes are really, really huge. Um, and it was like people were hanging from one arm from the balcony because that's what they could get. And and acting like Mick Jagger was on stage. And it was thrilling. Wow. And that was – I mean that – when I didn't get that show initially, I was insanely bummed because I knew it was special. But nobody knows if something's going to be that kind of a juggernaut. Uh-huh. 
And it is. And so then to eventually get to be a part of it was 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 huge and thrilling. And um, and I loved the various casts that I worked with so much. And it was such a a feeling of it, it's hard. It's a hard role, and it's a rather isolating role. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't even enter for I don't know thirteen minutes or something, and then when you do, everyone's just mean to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you don't get there's there isn't that like ensemble camaraderie where like if you're playing I don't know what's her face in Anything Goes. Uh, what's that? Reno Sweeney. Oh, you're oh, playing oh, yeah, Reno yeah. Sweeney, and you're doing Anything Goes. The whole ensemble's with you, and you're all together. And yeah, you're, like it's a thing, and we're gonna. And I remember I saw Stephanie Block play that part. And I, in the middle of that number, I burst into tears <laughs> because I was like, my friend is so good. She's so good. And this is so hard. And she makes it look so easy. And, and I'm like, why am I weeping during a tap number? Yes. But it moves me. It moves me when I see people be extraordinary. And that I and then I know them. It's yeah. kind of beyond. And so Alphabet is tough because you don't get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I was very much an open door witch. Like my my door was open. I had bowls of candy to try and lure people into my room <laughs> because I was stuck in there being painted green. And it, you could also always tell um, in New York, uh, the dressing room is uh, like right off the stage, basically. And because it was the biggest room, I'd be like, you guys just – the Gershwin's like a huge – airplane hangar and the dressing rooms are all over the place but the principals are basically right off the stage and um i would say just just hang out in my room you don't have to go back if you don't have to change you know have candy whatever do your thing and there would be a moment during um uh i think it's called fallen god i did it so long ago i think i think they call it fallen house it's when they get into the fight she and glinda and then they take i was gonna say sebastian fiero (laughs) (laughs) also sebastian away and the guards would grab me, and sometimes I'd be like, "You were in my room," because I could smell like peanut butter cups. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I appreciate that you were there. I like that's that. so funny. Um, Can we end by talking about Sex in the City? You were in that show. You had like this great scene when the show was like at its peak. Uh, well, first of all, I gotta say, I-, I feel like I've gotten so much play, sort of just from civilians, from having been on that show. Yeah, like. A receptionist at some random office will be like, hi, can I help? Wait a minute. (laughs) Because if you were a fan of that show, Mm -hmm. that was a very seminal moment because it's when Chick Chick met. Right. Boy Boy. Yeah, yeah. Chick Chick met Boy Boy. And um, so, and when the show went off the air, that was the show. I mean, that was was an episode or a clip rather that was in all the compilations and all the, so it kept getting re- Right. And I remember I had my audition for it. And I had never auditioned for it before. They had already announced that it was going to close up shop. And I knew people who had auditioned multiple times for that show. And like it had taken many times for them to book it. And I thought, well, this is my first one. I'm not going to book it. And I went in and I did, which was shocking to me. And I got to set. And Michael Patrick King, who was one of the creators, one of the producers, and he was directing that episode. He came up to me. He was like, we're so happy you're here. And I was like, we're looking behind me. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Anyone, I just have to tell you that SJP and I went to see the wild party together and we loved it so much. And I went, oh, I got this job because he's gay. Oh, okay. I get it. And they were so sweet. Kim Cattrall was, couldn't have been nicer. And, and she was like, you do musicals? Tell me about them. <laughs> Michael tells me you do musicals. 
physical. <laughs> That's a great and, um, <laughs> you know, and and it was. I mean, hair and makeup was like two hours because it was all about like the wardrobe. And, yeah. the hair. and the next TV thing I did was an NYPD Blue and on location. And I walked into the trailer somewhere in Brooklyn and it was essentially like a hanging light bulb in a tub of Vaseline. <laughs> and they looked at me and they were like, yeah, you're good. And I wanted to be like, no, I was pretty last time. Can you make me pretty? But no, I was just mom in playground. You know, there was no time for pretty. That is so funny. But it was, it was really um, so... Uh, it sounds so silly, but it was such an honor to be a part of that show and to feel like I was a cog in a very important wheel that took it to its conclusion. Yeah. Um, that was really right. That was really fun. Oh, yeah. I'm really obsessed fun. with you. Will you come back and talk to us I'll more? I'll come back anytime. You're amazing. Breezy, I'm obsessed with you. Let's go have cocktails. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs> hey, theater people. Patrick here. As you know, Theater People is the official podcast of BroadwayCon 2018. I've been asking people who attended BroadwayCon 2016 or 2017 to send me a 60-second voice memo about their most favorite memory of their time there. I want to share these memories so that anybody who's on the fence about coming to BroadwayCon 2018 will understand what a unique and magical thing it is, and that a lot of the stuff that happens at BroadwayCon can really only happen there. You have to be there to experience it. This memory comes from Jackie Leibowitz. Hey, Patrick and fellow theater people and listeners. My favorite Broadway con memory actually came from the blizzard of 2016, the very first Broadway con. My memory was that because of the blizzard, when a lot of scheduling had to be changed, they added a Broadway fan karaoke on the main stage. And I was selected to sing Good Morning Baltimore on the main stage. It was one of the absolute coolest experiences of my life. And it is something I will hold near and dear to my heart for years to come. Thank you for BroadwayCon for that and for everyone who just gave their never-ending support. I hope I get to do something similar in the future. BroadwayCon, you've got my heart. BroadwayCon 2018 is happening January 26th through 28th. Tickets are now on sale, and they are less expensive than they have ever been. You can find tickets and information on everything, including super reasonable hotel deals for that weekend, at broadwaycon.com. And if you have a memory you want to share, make a 60-second voice memo and email it to patrick at theaterpeople.com. And that's theater with an E-R-P-P-L dot com. Theater People is a product of Theater Podcast Productions. If you'd like to see all the podcasts we make, including our true crime comedy podcast called True Crime Obsessed, check us out at theaterpodcastproductions.com. Today's episode was produced by Mike Jensen and me. Mike edited this one. Special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Robbie Roselle, Cynthia Wallach, and Ty Williams. Thanks also to Steve Tipton, Eric Emsch, Keith Allen Herzog, Max Sadaka, Grace Fromm, Ellen Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. We'll be back next week with Alexandra Silber, star of last season's Fiddler on the Roof and the author of the new book, After Anna Tevka. She is so brilliant, you guys. I don't even know what to say about it. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking. But how was she ever to love them? There were far too many of them. She never got tired of the men she desired. She never inquired of the men she desired. She never One is simple. She never Two is 